three, two, one. Well, Alan, welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. We Alan. Appreciate Alan. Where did Alan come from? See? <laughs> Alex. Oh, my gosh. Welcome back to Rolling Dice and Taking Names, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Here in Episode 8, we're going to talk about getting a gaming club started. And we've brought a special guest in, and Marty's going to do the intro. But before Marty kicks off that, I think he's got a special shout-out he wants to give tonight. I do. I'd like to give a shout-out to another um, podcast on the Dice Tower Network, not just another gaming podcast. Um, those guys gave us a shout-out on their show, and I've been uh, talking to them on Twitter. And they've kind of taken us under their wing as the the youngling of the uh, Dice Tower Network because those guys have been around a while. And, and they really helped us out, uh, giving us some ideas on with the podcast and, and how to get our name out there. And they even gave us a uh, 10 Geek Gold from Board Game Geek to set up our own uh, guild, which we now have on uh, the Board Game Geek, if anyone, if anybody wants to look, look us up. So I just want to give a shout out to them. And, and you can follow those guys on Twitter at NJAG Podcast, not just another gaming podcast and uh also uh you can follow them go to their website at njagp.com which is the acronym for not just another gaming podcast those guys have a really good show so so check them out so like tony said uh, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, game clubs and developing a gaming community and uh, tony and i are both members of a club here locally in charlotte uh, called the queen city game club and this club was founded a few years ago and tonight we have a special guest Alex who is the founder and president of the club and we're just going to have a ch- talk with him about uh, how did he start the game club why did he start it and maybe suggestions for others who also want to get the game club going or maybe develop a community in their area so let's get this thing going Well, Alex, we appreciate you coming to Rolling Dice and Taking Names and taking your time tonight to talk to us about forming and creating a gaming club. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, um, and I appreciate you guys having me on to, to talk about this. Well, um, I know that when you started the gaming club about what, how long ago was that? Uh, yeah, it's been, I'm trying to think if it's been two years or three. Uh, two, I think I want to say it started back in 2000, uh, 2009, I think. So yeah, we're really? going on. Actually, going on, I guess going on three years. Four now. years? Yeah. Does that sound right? So it was. Well, that was four years. Well, well maybe two thousand nine. Okay. Yeah, I think it's three years. <laughs> well, I know time flies when you're having fun. No, April two thousand nine. See, I thought it was April two thousand eleven. I thought it's only been two years, or is it three years? April twenty ten. Yeah, we're really prepared for this. I can see. <laughs> I mean, it's my club. I only know when I started it, so there you go. <laughs> Hang on. I'm actually going to go on me right now. I'll tell you the actual date. <laughs> yeah, why don't you do that? So, because I think I think me and Tony attended the first meeting. Yes, you were definitely at the inaugural meeting. You are correct. April 2011. Okay, this is what happens uh, when you have children and you just your you know speeds by. <laughs> uh, yes, April 2011. So yes, two years now. <laughs> 
just a little bit of history. What made you want to start a, a gaming club? Where did the idea come from? Why did you choose Meetup? Just give us a little bit of history of your thought process of why you wanted to start a club. Let's, we'll go We'll go way back in history. You know, I grew up gaming and I, I gamed through, I mean, my youth up through high school. Um, in high school, I got into Magic the Gathering. I was playing that a lot. But when I got to uh, college, you know, I, gaming kind of fell by the wayside. And through most of my uh, you know, early adult life, my career, uh, I, I didn't do much in the way of gaming. And it wasn't really until this is where I, this is why I was thinking 2009. Uh, it wasn't until uh, my I had my wife and I had our you know had our first child during her pregnant her uh, her first pregnancy. Um, you know, we are, we used to go out a lot and do stuff with our friends. And you know, during that time, we were at home a lot and. Once we got sick of sitting around watching movies together, we trying we were trying to find other things to do, and so I started going back and looking at you know, well, you know, I enjoyed gaming as a you know my youth, you know, what's what's out there now, and it must have just been by some um, stroke of I guess I'm called bad luck that I stopped gaming just about the time that Euro gaming started started its rise. Like I just missed out on Catan. I'd never heard of it, and uh, so and I guess in 2000 it would have been in 2010 I think. Uh, that I started doing, you know, looking at what sort of games are out there, and I still I started stumbling across things like Catan. I was like, well, that sounds that sounds interesting. And I kept seeing the, the Euro game term thrown around. I was like, oh, but you know, this is what is this? Um, and eventually, I, I was out on Amazon. If you hey, if you want to know what a Euro game is, I did I listened, you two I, I episodes heard your very ago. Detailed analysis of it, yes. <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, uh, I started reading reviews on Amazon of different games, and somebody mentioned one of the reviews mentioned Pandemic. And so that was sort of the, tip, the uh, leaping off point. I, uh, well, great game. We appreciate you throwing a, a, a bone out there for Pandemic, number one co-op game out here. Yeah, well, I, I broke out <laughs> Pandemic, or I, I bought Pandemic, and Tracy and I sat down and played it. And um, I was—I mean, I was immediately blown away. I was like, you know, we're, I couldn't believe there were games like that. You know, because I haven't having come from a gaming background, I didn't realize there were. You know, I was used to Axis and Allies and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this is just amazing. This is a great, you know, unbelievably good design. Lots of fun. Something you can, you know, my wife is not a gamer, but she can sit down and play that game and, and understand it quickly. And so that was sort of a leaping off point. And we'll say it, it, <laughs> it snowballed quickly. I, I, you know, I went from there, picked up Catan, you know, onto Agricola and so on. You know, it went mm -hmm. pretty quickly from there. But the problem I was running into is, as I said, my wife is not a gamer. And so she would, she liked Carcassonne and she liked Pandemic. She liked the lighter Euros. But, um, you know, my, my desire for a heavier game uh, led me to, you know, I needed to find other people I could, you know, who were interested in playing the hobby games. Uh, and so that sort of is what led me to uh, start looking at, you know, for clubs, organizations that, that had, that were uh, playing those games. And so I naturally, I, I had been on Meetup for a while. And so that was naturally the first place I went to go look. And I, I saw that there were gaming groups out there, but none of them seemed to really meet what I was looking for. You know, there, there are several here in town. Uh, but when I looked at the pictures of the events and things, it looked like, well, you know, <laughs> I have to admit, actually, I looked, looked at a couple of them recently, and there was like a picture of Jenga. Right. It's like, you know, do you really need a meetup group <laughs> to go play Jenga? <laughs> like, I thought the only requirement for playing Jenga was you had to have at least one friend. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you really need a meetup group for that. Uh, <laughs> 
And so uh, it seems like a lot of those groups, because I, I know what you're talking about, were, were more like party games, the yes, categories, yeah, exactly. the like apples, that, the know, apples, like, stuff I, like that. I, I play taboo. I don't I don't need I don't need a meetup group to go play taboo. Uh, I, I eventually got to the point where I was like, well, I, I'm going to need to it looks like, you know, if there's not a club already out there, then maybe this is I need to go and create one. I also did try. You know, I went to some of the local game stores to see if um, you know if they had uh, game nights and that kind of thing. But I mean, I, I the ones I went to, uh, they had Euro game or board game nights advertised, but nobody was there playing a lot of games. Playing board, Euro games, they, you know, they were playing uh, RPGs and, and Magic and that kind of thing, but not a whole lot of board games. So let me get this straight. So you you looked at the various meetup groups. So if if someone well, did not have the um, initiative that you did to start one, that's a good place for them to uh, initially start looking for and getting involved in board gaming if they don't have that drive to, to form a game club like you did. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, well, I would tell you if, yeah, if you're, if you're thinking about starting a game group or a game club, uh, definitely do the, the first step is find, you know, it's, it's like starting a business, right? You, you do your market research. Is there already a group out there? Because there's no reason to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, check your, do check your local game store, do check your, your meetup groups, and see if there's already somebody doing it. Because because that was that has been one of my concerns as time has progressed. Is there are multiple gaming groups in, on meetup here in town, and I, I, I don't want them to become to become you know watered down where there's too many groups and you know we're we're competing for the same people, you know the same players and. Uh, but actually, I don't think it's been a problem. But yeah, I would say first step is just see what's already out there. You know, it makes a lot more sense to team up with another group. You know, if you if you want to help organize, I mean, as you guys know, I I, I take all the help I can get when it comes to organizing events. Um, so if there's already somebody doing it, by all means, that's probably the way to go is just piggyback on what they already have. Um, but yeah, if you if you go out there, there's nobody doing it, then absolutely, that's that's the first sign that there's there is a potential market for your group. And that, that was certainly the case uh, with with ours. There were, there was a definite demand for a group that catered specifically to Euro games and strategy games that was not being right, met by the other yeah. groups in the area. So, what were some of the first challenges you faced? And I know when Marty and I we came to the very first one. You you picked a restaurant. Was one of your challenges finding a venue that would be willing to support that? By far, I think the biggest challenge you're going to run into is is the venue. Uh, it is very that. That that's that's that was the biggest problem we had initially, and it still continues to be a challenge. Um, yeah, you guys remember we we had we were in a in a restaurant. It was open. It was loud. Um, it just was not conducive to 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 gameplay there. However, you know, as you know now, we have a fantastic venue. That's uh, I mean, amazing. They love us. Uh, we have our own private area. You know, it's so yeah. Finding finding the venues definitely the challenge, the challenging part, and the the way to do it is. Get on the phone, start calling around, find out what you know. You you'll know real quickly whether you know. I picked a restaurant. I in in targeting the group, I, I had a couple of things I knew I wanted. I wanted a group that specifically catered to Euro games and strategy games. Um, so that was that was part that was in mind when I was picking where we were going to hold it. It was one of the reasons why I, I did look at game stores as an option, but I felt that game stores really catered towards a different crowd. Um, and so I knew I wanted a, a different venue for it. And that's what led me to the restaurant venue. I wanted something, uh, you know, I, I've always wanted it to target, you know, more professional, more established types of, of, of gamers. And so I wanted something that would, you know, 
just like you might go to a professional event after work or a happy hour or something like that, you know, that's going to be at a restaurant. It's going to be some place where you can order a meal, um, you know, sit down in a social in, you know, uh, environment. Uh, and so I knew that that was the direction I wanted to go with it. Uh, and I think that's been part of the success of the club is having that, that right venue. But yeah, selecting it is just a function of go out, try different places. We did, we, we did coffee shops. We did numerous different restaurants before we landed on the restaurant we, we, we did. And actually that came through one of our members. Um, one of our members was attending uh, uh, the, co the coffee house meetup uh, event. And uh, he goes, you know, have you ever checked out the, the Waldhorn before? And I had never even heard of it. And then uh, I, I kind of I dismissed it initially. I didn't even think about it. I was like, ah, well, maybe sometime we'll, we'll go over there. And uh, he mentioned it a couple more times. And finally I called over and I said, well, let's, let's try it out. We knew, I knew immediately. The first event we had there, it was like, oh, this is, this is it. And uh, it's been going strong with that one ever since. Uh, some of our other locations have, you know, we've, like I said, we have a couple different locations that we do events at now. Um, and we still haven't been able to emulate the success of that one. Um, but it looks like we're, we're starting to find more venues. But that's definitely the, the biggest challenge. And it's, um, it's just a matter of, like I said, calling the restaurants, trying them out, um, scouting them out until you find something that's suitable. Uh, uh, another issue that we've run into, this is why I ran into it with the game stores also, is a lot of them wanted to charge money to, to participate. I can't believe that. Not all of them, but one store in particular, you know, wanted us to pay to, part, to, to participate there. And I was kind of like, are, you know, are you kidding? <laughs> are, you, are you serious? You want me, you want us, we're going to come in, potentially provide you business and you want us to pay. Uh, and, you know, as, mo as I'll go and mention now, there usually is not a lot of money from the members that are going to come in to help cover the cost of events. So, you know, a venue that charges is just out of the question. I would, you know, if you're looking at starting one, if they say they want money up front, ruled out right there. That's not, it's not worth it. There's plenty of places that will provide venues for free. Let me go back to what you were uh, mentioning about uh, a different gaming group in a store. And I, th I think maybe what you are you trying to say there, and a lot of people out there have gone to a lot of different types of stores. And is it, was it the fear that a lot of gaming stores maybe cater towards a younger group? And I hate to yeah. put people into it, put, uh, put people into a bucket like Friday night magic yes. tends to bend a lot younger. Yeah. Uh, 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 teenagers and such, and you want to keep it like you said, like more like a professional thing. Like guys in their twenties, thirties, and forties would feel comfortable without feeling like there's a lot of younger people around playing stuff that they really aren't interested in. Yeah, that um, that is absolutely. So actually, let me say one other thing that kind of leads off from that. If you, if you are thinking about starting a group, it's is that you need to have a very clear idea of who you're talking. I mean, Treat it like a business, right? The first thing you would do if you were starting a business and making a business plan is you would identify your target audience. And that was the first thing I did. And that's what drove, that's what drives everything that I, you know, every decision that we, you know, I make in the club. And there's actually several involved now that make decisions, but like everything that drives it is who is that core audience, that target audience that we're going for. And I, I decided up front that, you know, basically I was looking for people like me. I wanted established individuals who were um, older professionals, uh, you know, I don't, Marty. I, you know, I played War Machine with with both uh, with two of your sons. They're great. I enjoyed it. But when I get off of work in the evening and I go to an event like this, you know, I want to hang out with other adults. You know, that's what I'm looking for. Right. Um, you know, I want to sit down, drink a beer, and hang out and play a game with, with you know people like me. That's that's what I'm looking for. And I think that's what a lot of other gamers were looking for too. You don't get that environment in a game store because you game stores do cater to 
teenagers and to a different group of, of or target audience. Yeah, that was absolutely part of the decision. It's not, and it's not because it's a good or a bad thing. It's just, you know, I, that was who I knew I wanted to, the, the group to cater to. And so that's what drove those decisions. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was, it was a function of, well, there, there is also some game stores do have a stigma to them as well. I mean, it was, that, that is part of it. Um, there, there are good game stores and there are bad ones. And part of it is that, you know, I didn't want to risk being, having an event at one of the bad ones. But even at the very good game stores, it, it is a different target um, target audience there. Uh, I, I've run into this and that because I, I have tried to go by local stores and you know see if if there's opportunities for the club to, to participate at those locations. But you know, it, I just never felt like they. I've never felt like I am their customer. I mean, that's that's how I feel. Like when I go to most game stores, I look for certain Euro games. They don't have what I want in stock. They got every Magic version of magic cards there but not not the game i want in stock and that tells me that they are targeting a different group than than me and, and alex I, let me, i'm going to interrupt you here on that because you know i mean we love the controversy because we would love to get a comment on our blog or on any of our episodes that get posted <laughs> so um but, but um in all fairness though i would think in our area and, and i'll go ahead and say it in the in the north carolina south carolina area we do not have a wealth of game stores when you started this out. I think you, there was one in our area. I mean, the, one of the you know second largest cities uh, in the uh, southeast down here. And what we we had a game store, and so I can see where you had a challenge there. So maybe as uh, you, we hear about International Tabletop Day and all these venues that are are cropping up maybe that other people might have that opportunity that you didn't have. So that, that that's something that the people need to keep in mind from that standpoint. Yeah, that, that's certainly possible. Um, you know, let me also say that, well, here was another, another thought that I had when I was picking venues, and that was, could I bring a coworker there? Could I bring a, another business professional there? And there's, yeah, there's, there has definitely not been a store that I felt like that could do that. Uh, that's an excellent point. That's a that's a good point. Then that, but that goes back to your core group. This is the core group I want to have at the, uh, in my club. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and and actually, I mean, I, I, I am happy to see that. I do feel like um, there are, like I said, we have a do have a new store in town. It does seem to be a very good store from you know, from what I can tell. Um, so that's a good sign. And and we used to have another store here in town. I think it's out of business now. I think that it, again, it was because it was one of those stores where you don't want to go to. <laughs> Right. So I mean, it is a good. It's a good trend to see that. I think that is, there is a change occurring in that in that space. Yeah. Um, but, but from from a, just a purely business standpoint, they have to cater to a certain audience. I mean, that's where the money comes from. <laughs> they can't pay their rent if they're not selling. Ma- I mean, let's face it, Magic the Gathering from a um, a retail standpoint is gold. Is a gold mine. Whereas, yes, you know, board games are <laughs> you know, so so. You can't you can't run a store on board games. You can you can definitely keep the lights on though off of magic. So that's the way it works. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny that you say that because uh, my middle son this past week went and pl- his friend asked him to go play in a in a magic tournament, and it was at a store down here in in my area that I had never been to. I didn't even know it existed. And I took him over there, and like you said, it was one of the places. It wasn't as nice on the inside. It was the carpet was kind of mangy and dirty. And are you familiar with the Androids Dungeon from uh, from Simpsons? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Um, but um, but they were one hundred percent magic. Yeah, that's all they did. They had a game. 
a board game here and there. He said, well, we don't really get a lot of that. Basically, I'm magic five, six days a week. He said, I would like to get into miniatures, but I want to get into something more like hero clicks for the younger generation that doesn't have to paint or anything like that. And, and it was a real nice guy and stuff, but the guy knew where his bread and butter was. And he had, you know, every Friday night, he said he gets 40 to 50 people show up in his store for the magic tournaments. And the, the store that Tony referenced earlier, it's funny that I'd asked this guy, do you know about this other store? He said, yes. But he said, we're, we're going after different audiences. This other store doesn't do Friday night magic. They're trying to cater more towards a Euro board game type people. And I'm the magic. And he says, I love it because since we have different audiences, if we can synergize together, we're building the gaming community as a whole. Yeah, yep. That's good. But I think but I think that is rare for a like you said, a store not to be magic focused. Um, but because and the, the one you referenced earlier where you had to pay, I've heard a lot of stories about that store. They went from a non magic store to a big magic store, and I'm sure they're better off, but they ran a lot of people off yeah. too. Yeah. And and so to get uh, not that we tangent there because we didn't. Sorry about that. No, 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 no. That's good because you know I think that's an excellent podcast. Later, Alex, we'll talk about what we three think our game store should be like when we open one up. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> well, I, actually, I, I don't think it's it is a tangent, but it's only slightly in that I think the you know the game clubs, the game store, they're all part of the game community. Yeah, I, go, um, and, I agree. With and they, you. I think yep. they do. There, like I said, there is synergy between all of them. They all function together. Um, because each one does target, you know, different audiences and serves a different part of the community. All right. And, and I want to touch back. You talked about, you know, who your target audience was. So you decided what members you wanted to bring into the club. How have you managed, and this is something that I know that you have dealt with, but how do you manage it when uh, someone comes in, because it's a meetup, anybody can sign up. Um, how do you manage, and I know people have this in their back of their mind, ooh, if somebody comes and they just don't fit, how, how do you manage that in a in a gaming club? Do, what what challenges have you faced? So yeah, that is so that that is definitely that will be a challenge of running. A, if you decide you want to run a group, that there's definitely a challenge. Is that there are going to be people? Well, there's gonna be a couple types of people, right? There's gonna be people that you like, and they're easy to get along with. You're very, you know, they'd be excellent, uh, and that are willing to help you and then run the club. And those are the people you want to cultivate the most, right? Then there are gonna be people who are there just to play games. You, you may or may not like them, but they're just, you know, they're normal. They're regular people. They just, they're, they're, they're to hang out and that's all their involvement they want to have. And then you're going to have the people that by their personality drive people away from your group. And I definitely ran into this very early on in the club. Um, there was, and I was monitoring, um, you know, how many people retention basically. Because one of the things that when I was trying to figure out how I'm going to um, measure the success of the club, I was looking at, are we cultivating new gamers? Are we cultivating uh, in, uh, engaged gamers? And are we um, are we retaining them? Are people that you know are people coming back? And early on, I had a there was a, the club grew pretty quickly in terms of numbers, um, but there was significant turnover. Except there were some people that kept coming back to every event. And I kept trying to figure out why are they still here and these other people aren't. <laughs> And I realized it's because they were running them off. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, wait a minute. How, how were they running them off? I mean, seriously, uh, that's, uh, you know, that's the history. Are you familiar with the term hammerhead? Uh, uh, other than on a shark, that's it. A hammerhead is, is a term you use for, for gamers who um, 
who like to beat you in the head with with rules and and they're just not they're not fun to play across the table from okay uh, I, I, I see the rules have, lawyer i got you. granted i i am probably a hammerhead <laughs> I, but at least i know it so i, I can control it <laughs> uh but you know it, they tend to be very rules lawyerish and very aggressive most of the time they don't realize it they don't realize that their personality is very outputting um but there was a couple of guys who just had that that type of attitude and who or or had very negative just negative attitudes i mean i, I don't know how else to put it they're just People, I noticed it, and then I had people tell me that they felt uncomfortable or had, you know, it didn't enjoy their time at the table because of these individuals. Um, and so, in my case, I, I might just be a jerk by nature, but you know, I don't. I'm not much for giving like warnings. <laughs> I mean, so I already knew that I had concerns, and when other people brought that to my attention, the great thing about Meetup um, is that there was a ban option and. You know, when I when I when when I was approached by another individual in the group club saying that they had a, an issue with one of them, uh, you know, it didn't take me but two seconds to say, "Yeah, you're out of here," uh, and, and I banned them from the group. And I've had to do that, you know, I think I've done it five times now. So I might be trigger happy. I don't know, <laughs> but um, you know, I, Ooh, I, I Tony, said, we're still in. You know, look, Ooh. again, I knew who the I I knew that my target audience was supposed to be adults, professionals, grown ups. You know, if I'm ha I shouldn't have to ever tell somebody, look, your behavior is inappropriate. <laughs> that if that's the case, you're not, you're definitely not the right fit for the club. Um, and I would, I would suggest that uh, being, you know, some people are like, oh, that's so not, that's not open, or you know, you really are a jerk if you do that. Um, I think it's honestly, if, if it means that everybody else has a better time, it's it's totally fine by me. I'm, I'm okay with it. I'll be a jerk. If that's what it is. Um, and and as soon as I did that. I mean, I, the, the proof the proof was as soon as I did that, retention shot up, growth shot up, um, and and so I know that was part of it. Inter anecdotally, too, that some of those individuals started another group, and I want to say it failed after two or three events. So I mean, it, it just reinforced that it was the right call right. in my book. Um, and then there have been other situations where there have just been people who have either been aggressive or I, one time it was just the guy was just too weird. I don't, I think Marty, you may have been there. This guy, the guy that showed up with uh, his, um, his parents, he was, I mean, he was like, oh, he was yeah. in his forties at least, I think, but he showed up with his parents <laughs> right. and it was, they were like kind of standing over him during, it was really weird and uncomfortable. And it was just, <laughs> you know, I just had to be like, sorry, <laughs> this isn't going to work. <laughs> and the mom kept wiping his chin and stuff like that and fixing <laughs> was, his hair. It was really odd. It was really bizarre. And I just was kind of like, yeah, that's, we're not going to have that. <laughs> and, and I appreciate that because, um, Tony and I actually went to the very first meeting. And to be honest with you, I'm trying to remember how in the world did I even find you? I didn't even, wasn't even using Meetup. And I must have just happened to run across Meetup. And for the same thing, I said, well, I wonder if anybody's gaming. And I happened to see your announcement, brand new. I got in touch with Tony. I said, we need to go check this out. But I remember after that, there was an individual there at that group because Tony and I, what did you think? And I said, I had a really good time. I said, except there was this one guy. I don't know what it was. He just kind of rubbed me wrong. Well, it's funny because I think that was one of the five that you that you referenced that were later on asked to kind of step aside because, and it does, you know, the, the whole thing, one, one bad apple, you know, can upset the whole apple cart yeah. and, and, um, 
and I know it's tough for you as the guy that's running the club to, to do that to somebody else, but for the, the nature of the club to be successful, you, you probably have to. Yeah, I, I received some nasty emails back after that happened, but, you know. <laughs> oh. Thick skin, I guess. Uh, well, no, like you said, you measured it by the success of the retention and the fact that, you know, um, I know there's a cap on how many people can attend because of our, our location, but you consistently have 20 plus people show up. Yeah. There's no, there's no doubt about that. So it's the right choice. And I think for anyone who's willing to start a club, they need to realize that they're going to have to, like you just point out, they've got to make these hard decisions. They've got to be able to um, confront people that may bring the club down. Cause the whole thing is to bring people, like you said, bring people together who enjoy this commonality of board games that are willing to teach and sit down with others because I'll never forget. I went there and even though we played um, and the guy, yeah, he was willing, at least he taught me, you know, and I got to play small world. That was the first game and I went out and ordered it the next night. So do you get, uh, it'd be funny. It'd be, could you imagine if you could run this club on the royalties on based on the number of games that were sold because (laughs) because we've went and played them? Yeah, that'd be nice. (laughs) Yeah, it would be. So let me ask you a a different question. So how do you, okay, so you talked about uh, having a venue that would be comfortable to bring your coworkers to that maybe aren't gamers. So how do you balance? So when you said you first started looking for people, you wanted to try to find other people that played a little more meaty games, a little more heavy strategy games. Well, for new gamers, they're not going to really want that. So how it advances stuff, do you balance the people like, the three of us here who want, you know, a good little more heavy thinking game as opposed to somebody just wants to come in and play Catan or never even played it before. Just want to try it out. Yeah. Well, so that, that actually, there was sort of an evolution that occurred there. When I started the club, actually I was not playing ultra heavy euros. I was mostly playing, I had played Carcassonne pandemic. Um, you know, actually I don't think I'd even played Catan yet. Uh, Ticket to ride. I had played mostly light euros when I started the group. And so, you know, I was thinking going in, these are all games that anybody could pick up and play. They're all very, you know, four-page rule book, very simple. Um, mm-hmm. And then it was as, as the club grew and as I grew from a gaming standpoint um, that I started seeking out the heavier games. Uh, and what I quickly realized as part of that is that the heavier games really, those happen outside the, the club usually. Because the, they're, by ver- nature of the, the, the play time, you know, sitting down, even at great club, which gets gets a lot of playtime at the at club events. You know, it's tough to get that you know, five player game of that in. It's tough, especially if you got new players. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, Twilight Imperium, it ain't gonna happen, right? That, you know that. So, so when I, as I started getting into uh, the heavier games, the, what I saw the club as a vehicle for uh, is is making the the relationships, meeting the people who who I enjoy spending time with, who I'd want to get together with outside of the club. Um, to play those types of heavier games. Uh, and then the club actually being more about, hey, let's bring some lighter Euros. You know, you and I are not the types that are going to sit down and voluntarily probably play Ticket to Ride. <laughs> you know, like, I am not right. going to go to my shelf. I have it on my shelf. I'm not going to go to my shelf and pull it down and play it. But the club events are an opportunity to sit down with a newer player and, and play those games. And Grant, so I, I mean, I was always, I bring, I almost always bring one light Euro now and then one kind of medium you know density euro 
And if there's a new person that wants to play something lighter, I've got that game there for them. And I'm happy to sit there and teach them how to play it. That's part of that cultivation of of the gamer community. And uh, if if not, um, let's break out Spartacus and play that. (laughs) Yeah, I got either way. Um, And that's how I kind of balance it. You know, I see I see the club as what's um, what's provide opportunity to teach new gamers lighter euros to bring them in. Uh, And then, hey, if it works out that we can get some a little bit heavier to the table, let's do that. Uh, oh, and that reminds me of another thing. If you are looking at starting up a group, uh, this is something I kind of nipped in the bud early on was I wanted people to be able to, um, uh, you know, what do you call it? request to play games, you know, or, or build a set their own events on the meetup group. So I made it, not only is it public, but you're allowed to, if you're a member, you're allowed to uh, suggest events. But I had people who would be like, well, I want to do X, Y, or Z game at my house. And I was, I basically shut that down and said, look, I'm sure we're all good people, but this is an internet-based <laughs> meetup group. I don't know you. I don't know who you are. I, I can't, and I don't know who's going to um, to respond to your event and vice versa. I don't know if you might respond to somebody else's event who you shouldn't because I just don't know who's out there. Um, so I made it so that you, all events had to be held in a, a public venue. And then once you come to the, that public venue and you interact with people and, and you get to know each other, yeah, by all means, go plan whatever you want outside the club. That's great. But that was one thing I, I think you should do just from a safety standpoint. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't, it's probably far-fetched, but I mean, I, I get concerned that what if, you know, somebody, hey, I'm going to have this event in my house and then some some members say, sure, let's go. And then something bad happens, whatever that might be. Right. Um, you know, I don't want to be responsible for that. <laughs> so that was one of the things I shut down kind of early on was that, we'll, you know, all the venues need to be public. And then once you once you build those relationships, it's it's no big deal to just email out. And you guys know we we email each other all the time to set gaming events outside the club to, sure. to do to do more complex games and that kind of thing. So, and my hope is that's what happens. You know, that's why it's supposed to be there as a vehicle to meet new people and make friendships and that kind of thing. And, and you know, I think I think it has because I think a lot of people that's come to these groups. I mean. So there's there's all these genres that we constantly talk about in, in gaming, whether it be just strictly board games or miniature games or card games or RPGs. And all of us are just gamers. But when we come to these groups, we may find that, hey, there's two or three other people that like this particular miniature game that I like. I'll get their contact information. We can hook up. Hey, this person over here likes to play this particular RPG or something. And that's what's really good about these things. It's at a, it's at a public a public place, like you said, 20 to 30 people show up. And from that, uh, relationships are cultivated and then extend beyond the group. Yeah, absolutely. And Alex, I, I, like you said, your venue is a restaurant, which uh, we really enjoy that place. Have you ever had, and we talk about etiquette in games and Marty and I just put out one of our five minute initiatives about, you know, protecting your games with card protectors and all like that. Did did you ever have an encounter where someone said, Hey, I'm not going to bring in games because I don't want damage to them where anybody start talking about, Oh, if you're going to play here, you can't drink here. Now in ours area, you're going to have Wiener schnitzel on it. That's just the way it is, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I've never had that problem, but now, so, Another thing, if you're going to start in a, a club like this, is to be very clear about the expectations for the event. So, you know, I, as part, again, as part of my targeting, we, you know, we call our event, our event is the beer and board games, uh, you know, meetup event. And that was intentional. I mean, not that you have to drink beer at the event, but the idea is that you, there will be people drinking beer at the event. That was, and it was made clear. It was made clear that it was a 21 older event. 
Um, you know, I make it clear that it is for board gaming. It's not. It's not for RPGs. It's not for magic. It's for playing board games. You know, use it as the as the as the way of doing those other things. You're, you know, meeting people to do those other things. But that's you want to set very clear expectations up front. There shouldn't ever be a question. Somebody shouldn't have to come and be like, "Wait a second, I thought, you know, I thought this was this was going to be um, there would be no food or beverages. My my uh, board game would be at risk of being damaged. You know, that should never be a question. You're you're you, when you post your event, it should be very clear what to expect when you show up to it. Um, and so I, I always made a point of making sure that that uh, at least I think it's been always been very clear. Now I still do get the occasional question of like, you know, can I bring my kid? And, which I have to always respond to, like, no, <laughs> you know, it's, right. you know, I made it explicit. Well, actually, the times I get asked, I usually respond with, uh, you know, use your best judgment. You know, some, some people are some, you know, some teenagers are much more mature than others. Um, and, you know, you know, your own child better than anybody else. You'll know if they're going to mix well or not. The meetup says 21 and older for a reason. You know, that was intentional, not, um, you know, so. Yeah, but make it as explicit, as clear uh, as possible to avoid those situations. Now, that being said, yeah, there have been incidents where games have been damaged. Um, my, my copy of Resistance got, got mutilated at one event. And, but the thing is, uh, the, the responsible individual who is a mature adult, you know, was, I mean, she was mortified that it happened and I mean, went as far as to, she ended up buying me, I think, uh, the Dance with Dragons, the Game of Thrones fifth book in the series, oh, yeah. as a as, oh, a, yeah. as a as sort of a, a, a thank you or, or um, a p- apology for, for destroying it, um, but you know that's just I honestly, I didn't care. I mean I was like that's you know part that's part of the deal. You know you go you go to an event you expect wear and tear. Um, we'll probably I think we'll talk we might talk about uh, what you call it, the community events the uh, uh, volunteer right. events in a minute. But you know I know going in that when I bring a game I'm, it may not come back with all the pieces. <laughs> That's part of the that's part right. of the deal, um, and so yeah, I've never had a problem. I don't think we've ever had a problem with you know just be as clear as possible what the venue is going to be like so that people know in advance. And if they have a problem, they won't come. Yeah, but to that point, you're playing with other gamers, and that's one thing I've never had an issue with or never saw. I mean, you know, everybody's like, okay, when they help you clean up, they're like. There and, and we all are of the like mind. Hey, my pieces need to go in these bags. So I understand you won't. How do you want your pieces stored? Let's separate them. Everybody has always been great about that because we're all of the like mind. That hey, it's a board game. We're here to have fun and and let's treat each other's games with respect, just like we would our own. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's really never been an issue. Did um. So your resistance. Did you not have your card sleeved? I did not. No, I did not. Uh huh. Yeah. So I, go I, back I, and listen to our five minute initiative. I'm responsible for the fact that it happened, but <laughs> not, not a problem. Um, so, as far as you, you com- talked about the community, and I don't want to lose your thoughts on that because I know that uh, it'll go from you. So, you've taken the board game club or uh, the Queen City Game Club, and you have now stretched it and you're making it as part of the community here in, in Charlotte. So how have you done that? What, what what did, was that an initial goal or is that a, a new goal you had? Yeah, that was, that was not an initial goal. Um, it, it came up uh, middle of last year. Or so I was, you know, again, I was getting to a point where I was trying to figure out what, where do I want the club to go? I, I started, I, I had gone from, like I said, when I originally started, it was really just a, a way of me meeting people who played strategy games. And then, and that's like, you know, no, I'd like to make this something bigger. I want it to be something, especially once I saw there was interest, you know, that this could be something where, you know, it's for cultivating gamers. And I got me thinking about, well, how do you, 
what you know what's the biggest barrier to cultivating new members and it's well getting people interested in gaming you know by the time you're you know we're all grown up by the time you're our age if you're not in the gaming it's it's very hard to you know teach a teach a dog new tricks right it's that kind of thing teaching old dog mm-hmm. new tricks is it's a little bit it's that kind of challenge and so i started thinking well what if we got you know what if we started showing you got kids out there playing you know video games and that kind of thing they've probably never even seen you know a lot of you know decent strategy games you know so wouldn't it be nice to introduce them to some of these some light games blockus these kind of things that teach you know have a develop you know a, a, a spatial development type of um uh, learning opportunity there for them teaching colors shapes numbers those kinds of things but also teaching strategy i mean i guess they blockus callista those types of games i mean they're they are they are precursors to chess. They're, they're area control game. Right. And why not get kids exposed to these early and, and, and hopefully they enjoy them and then it t- matures into a, into a, a lifelong interest in gaming and especially strategy gaming. Um, so that led into, uh, you know, I just started co- contacting, um, I contacted a lot of places, but the library was the one that really, the county library was the one that was really interested in having us come in, uh, try an event out, and that's been that's been something we've been doing for I guess about a year now, and it's been very successful. Um, and then some of our other members had other community um, organizations they were involved with, uh, so we started doing the, the Freedom Schools, which is a summer school program. Uh, and we're gonna I think we're gonna be doing that again. We've uh, expanded to another library branch branch for this summer. So that was just something I wanted to do, uh, just one because I enjoyed that kind of thing, but also. Um, I felt like it would give other members. We have a number of members who are educators and who are already involved in that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I thought it would be another way to get them engaged in uh, in the club. So not just there to play games, but also to give back and, and be involved in the community in other ways. Right. And actually, I've helped out at several of the um, the library events, which are for um, kids kindergarten through fifth. I believe that's the age way. And what's really cool about that, the, the kids get into it. But what's neat is lots of times – the parents may drop them off or they may hang around a little bit or come back in at the end and they'll see what their kids are doing. And it seems like everyone I've been to, they go, where do you get this? Yep. Where, where can I buy this? Cause I've never seen anything like this. And the parents seem to have as much interest as what their kids do. And to uh, at least ask enough to where can I buy this? Cause this is really cool. Yeah, this is back to Tony's, Tony's joke about the royalties. Yeah. I mean, we, I don't know. I, I think I've sold, I must have sold um, 10 or 20 copies of the amazing labyrinth uh, and fits <laughs> through those library events because yeah, they everybody asks where can I get it? Where can I get it? Yeah, yeah, the parents are are very interested in, in it, and it's, I, I imagine it's because it gets the kids off of the the game consoles and the and the iPad, get some interacting with other children, you know, and that's there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, I think we've had, I think, I mean, uh, Marty, you may fall into this category. I think you've said this before, and I know some of our other members have, where you had you you come from a console game, you've done console gaming. But part of what drew you back into board gaming was you did want to have a social aspect. You do want to have, you know, that um, that connection across the table. And I, I'm the same way. I, that's why I, I don't I don't do much console gaming because I want to be interacting with other people. I hope to I hope that's something we achieve in our community events and giving children a way to do that as well. 
Well, and 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 that's a that's a great point as far as, as starting young because um, as as the listeners know, I've I've referenced this before. I've got th- I've got three boys, and like every other boy, they're they're into the console games and they want to play the Halos and stuff like that. But I have got them into board games and even some of the meteor stuff. I mean, my my older son uh, really likes a, a miniatures game and he's actually really good at it. I, it it just is awesome when he'll just go down to the basement, pull out his stuff, and just start painting. You know, instead of sitting down at the computer or something, he starts painting. Um, his friends asked him just this week, actually, hey, would you be interested in running an RPG for us? And he went, yeah, sure. You know, I had my middle son whose friend said, hey, I don't know anything about magic. Could you kind of teach me about it and stuff? So they're getting their friends yep. off the computer and the PC and stuff. And that's that's how you cultivate and grow the community. I mean, it's exactly what you're doing with the club, except we're instilling it in our kids to do it with their friends. so They can start at a younger age. Yeah. Well, and I, I know we're talking about the future, but there is something just popped in my head about the game club. You schedule it on twice a month. What other thoughts, and I know you're trying, and, and Marty's trying to lead the Thursday nights, and you just recently um, held the ladies' night, which was a big bonus, I think. Oh, um, my wife loved it. Yeah. so She had a good time. Yeah, kudos to you. I mean, I don't know if that was your your idea, Alex, or whatever, but um, – is that other future things you're trying to pull for the club other nights or I know we meet on Tuesdays. I don't know how you decided on Tuesday. Great night. So um, how, how do people decide that? What helped you decide that? How are you going to expand your club or what other thoughts are you going to go from that? You're getting in the community. What else are you going to yeah, do? Yeah. Um, well, there's there right there is a good, this is another good tip. If you're thinking about starting a group or a club is that selecting a time that people can depend on and schedule around is absolutely essential for you know success in the in the club. Um, you know, people want to know it's going to happen. This this event's going to happen every be Tuesday, Saturday, whatever night you pick. But they know it's going to happen that same day every month, so they can put it in their calendar. And you know, if they can't make it this month, they maybe they can't. But they know, yep, that next month, that's this the first Tuesday of the month. I know there's going to be that event. That is, I believe, is key to making sure that people are, are able to make your events. They have to be able to know it's, it's going to happen regularly um, and that they can depend on being there uh, when, when their calendar allows for it. Um, so, yeah, I, early on, I picked, I picked Tuesday night. Um, weekend, I picked that largely for me. Weekends are, um, are bad because, you know, and, and you guys know it's family stuff. you got Kids are got activities, birthday parties, all that, that whole deal. So weekends are, are usually tough. Um, and I, I figured, again, a lot of people that would be interested in the group are going to have children and have families that, you know, where the weekends are going to be tied up. Um, and then I had a number of activities from through other organizations that were typically on Mondays and Wednesdays. Um, my wife wants to go, goes out a lot on Thursdays. That's sort of her night out. So it just fell to Tuesdays was the night that was available for me. So that's why I picked it. Um, oh, and, that, and that's the other thing is it was a night that I knew I could commit to being there because I, I have tried to expand the club to more regionally. There is, you know, there is a strong group south of us who are, are very strong on historical war gaming, which is a, a group I'd like to cultivate. But the, the I think with the, the, um, the barrier there has been finding one individual down there who would be willing to commit to being at an event at least once a month regularly so we can get that that sustainable um, and, and, and guarantee you know, that 
people can depend on that happening. And that's never happened there. And I think that's why that group's never taken off is that there isn't any, uh, there's no consistency that people can depend on. Um, so I picked it because it was the day I knew I could commit to doing. I was like, I can be there every Tuesday. Now, I, also initially, I only picked once a month. If, I don't know if you guys remember that. Initially, mm-hmm. it was one time a month. And that was, um, part was because I was about saturation. I was like, well, do people really have time to get out and play, you know, more than once a month? Ha, <laughs> little did I know. No, I, I'm pretty sure if I, if I had 20 events a month, all of them would be filled. So this, it came down more about how often I could attend. And then, uh, and then as I've grown and I've had more people come on and help out, it's been about when they can, you know, sub, come in and host an event. Um, so that was the main factor. I think the weeknights are good. Uh, weekends can be difficult for venues. A lot of venues don't want to give you a weekend slot or guarantee you one unless, unless you're going to put money in or uh, guarantee a certain amount of, of, of attendance and, and uh, uh, ticket sales ticket to them. Uh, so a Tuesday night, most venues are like, well, we don't have anybody in the restaurant you know, that evening or not a lot. So we're more than happy to have you. So that was the other factor, you know, driving a weekday versus a weekend. Uh, and, and then I guess also on a weekend it will be the nights where those will be the nights where I can I can set aside five or six hours and play something a, a bigger game. And so I don't want to be tied up in the game club event. I want to be able to you know, call my friends over and say, "Hey, let's hang out and, and play something here at my house or your house or whatever." Right, right. And um, so uh, where we are is is um, south of the city, but you do have a, another event that happens. Is it once or twice a month in the northern part of the city? Yeah, that one happens once a month up north. Um, and that one, again, that one had a very, had a pretty slow start. And that was largely, I think, because of the venue. The venue was, was not hot, became even worse. And then uh, eventually, recently has been, we've got rid of that venue and found a new one that seems much better. But yeah, that was, again, a, a, another, one of our members who was in that area was, you know, he was, I think, quite frankly, sick of driving down to our event. Right. And wanted to try something up there. So he kind of championed or spearheaded that. So again, if, if you want to grow your club, that's a good thing is find people who are interested in um, in helping run events and let them scout out locations and run run events for you uh, if you want to expand. Because yeah, I, I certainly didn't want to. Have to I, I did drive up to the north one several times, but you know it was it was a pain to do, and I did it to help start it out. And then once once it looked like it was kind of rolling, I just handed the reins over and you know let let the other member take care of it. So what other, you know, back to the community events, you, you talked about the library, talked about what do we have planned for the club in, in the far future for us, Alex? What, what do Marty and I have to look forward to? Uh, <laughs> hmm. Well, we, I do want to add, I, I do want to add a, a, another event during the month. And the only thing that's held that back is that we are still trying to iron out a date that, that will work with our existing venue um, they mm-hmm. are keen on fi- making finding something that will work, but they do have some c- conflicts with the with some of the dates that have been proposed. So, uh, and, and and that's more of a I just don't have time to to add it right now, and that's the only thing that's really holding it back is finding working with them to find a date and finding the time to do that. Well, well okay, then I'm going to go. I'm going to make you go uh, change here. Then, how are you able to? I know it's your club, and but you have done an excellent job delegating 
out responsibility. I know Marty's responsible for a lot. I know I'm the key laminator, which, hey, I can manage that. <laughs> now, now you got to explain what that means, though, because nobody's going to understand. Hey, I, Alex gave me the opportunity. I make name badges for everybody because I have no memory <laughs> of names. And I said, hey, Alex, can I just make a few name badges and laminate them? You're like, yeah, knock yourself out. Um, <laughs> Todd, who was on the show, you know, did the Euro Ameritrash talk with us. He's a key leader in the group. Um, how were you able to cultivate and delegate out? How, how, when did you get comfortable with that? As soon as I, as soon as people offered to help, I was more than comfortable to delegate it out. Um, yeah, that, I, I, again, I, I knew early on, I, I did, I wanted people to be engaged. And so I'm more than happy to, you know, if somebody wants to run an event, um, or like I said, make name tags or whatever the case may be, I, I want that. That's, that's, that is exactly the type of members that we're, you know, that we're looking for. I, I do, I mean, admittedly, I'm, I'm a little bit of a control freak. And so I still try to, I still kind of, you know, push my views on what direction the club's going to take. But there is absolutely a core leadership team that is, you know, is what really drives the club. And, um, you know, most of them, most of them are that are there because they took the initiative. And so they're interested. They want to do something. They want to be involved. Um, and those faith, that's you, that's, that, that's Marty. That's uh, Todd, um, Eric, you know, you guys are the ones who said we want to be involved in the club and the community. Um, and so it wasn't, it did not take much effort on my part to say yes to that. And I was like, oh, absolutely help out, please. Um, and that, I don't know, I, I, never, I don't know if this stuff makes any difference if you guys even care, but like, you know, I always gave you guys titles in the meetup group. You know, right. I, I followed a military command structure for our titling. But, you know, I try to find things like that. Like, I want people to feel empowered about what their what their role is in the group. You know, so if you're a host, you know, I, I think I, I think you're you're either a lieutenant or a colonel or something like that. And that's so you feel like. You know, and I think you made me a court gesture. I don't know what that well, exactly means. <laughs> Tony, Tony got the uh, quartermaster <laughs> as our supply chain manager. <laughs> but, yeah, that I was awesome. I appreciated that. What, you know, what they, who they are in, a, in the group and, and hopefully feel like they could, they were involved, not just as a member, but as a contributor to the group as well. And, and I think that is key that you've done to the group for anybody who wants to start it out is empower your members, make them feel like it's their club because you, you mentioned the term, you know, hammerhead. You can also be that as, as you're running the club. So you've done an excellent job there. Yep. And um, I, I will say that um, the club that we established very early on is two years old, but this, they, the, this club is known throughout this area now. Yeah. You know, you, you, you can go into game stores and or or places where gamers congregate and you can mention the name and, and people go, oh, yeah, I, I think I've heard of that. They might not know anybody in it, but they've heard of it. And, you, you know, last year we have a uh, a, a semi sized uh, con here in Charlotte. Um, it's it's Mace. They have like six, seven hundred members. We had a table there. And uh, we had a lot of people come by that go, hey, I've heard of you guys and and uh, would sign up and, and, you know, want to find out more information. Or if they never heard of us, they, they, they joined the group that way. And I think it's really cool that the club is now getting in size to where we're making an impact on the gaming community in this city. Yeah, yeah I, I absolutely. Um, I'm, 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 I'm proud of that. And and there is um, again, I, I, I'm, I'm just waiting for our brand to become even more recognized. You know, I've t- I've, 
we have our, our, our logo, our emblem. Now we've got our people out wearing, you know, I early on made t-shirts with the logo on it. Mm -hmm. um, we've got our placards to put out on tables and uh, one of my big, actually you're asking about goals for this year. Um, you know, certainly we'll continue a presence at Mace. Um, and uh, I don't think we did, did we, I don't believe we did con Carolinas last year, but maybe we try to do that. Um, yeah. But yeah. I would really like to get to the point where we're also doing some of the other, like, maybe try to cross uh, over with some of the conflict conventions in town and things like that, where the problem there being mm, that the, yeah. the tables are expensive and they aren't going to give us a free one, like some of the right. game uh, game conventions will. Yeah. Especially the big, um, the heroes aren't hard to find common convention in June, which is a really big yeah, one for I this like area. Your, I looked at the table there, I think it was, it was either 600 or a thousand. So it was not cheap. Holy yeah, cow. We're, we're not at Whoa. the, uh, we get, we get, we get some, uh, some handouts occasionally from our members who I, who I greatly appreciate. Um, but yeah, we're not at the level where we really cover that kind of, kind of cost uh, yet. Wow. I, I, that would be a goal I want to have us get to where we actually have a presence at something like that. And, and that's a question I wanted to ask you. So that if I wanted to start a club, what do you think the, I know meetup has a charge. What do you think would be a good estimate? I don't want, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but a good estimate for an initial startup cost. Cause to get anything started, you've got to put money into it. Like Marty put money into this uh, podcast. Um, what does, what do you think would be a good round figure? And you'll eventually, you will get people that will donate. Yeah, uh, I would definitely, um, I, I, first of all, I would definitely go the meetup route. I think that's going to be your most cost effective way of doing it. I believe the meetup fees are $75 every six months, I think is what it is. So, you know, yeah, it's 150 bucks a year. Um, and, and you could do just that and be done with it. Mm -hmm. um, now, I, I've gone a little bit further. We, we've got our a domain name, and um, I, think, I think we're paying for hosting. We don't even have a website, though, but we could have one. Right. Um, I think I loaded WordPress on it instead of actually putting it on there. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I invested in T-shirts early on. You know, that was two hundred and fifty bucks or so to get that going. So you know, it's whatever you you're willing. I mean, it's, uh, you could spend as much as you will as you want on. But you know, I, anybody wants to just to test the water, seventy five bucks, sign up on Meetup, and you're off the ground and running. Uh, and that's to me, I think, a pretty pretty low initial investment just to see if it's worthwhile. As far as member donations, um, you know, so. I didn't try to solicit any donations for the first year or so of the club at all. I just, you know, I was like, oh, I'm, and all I paid for was meetups. I was like, I'll just pay for meetup, and that's that'll be my contribution. That's what I'll do for it. But I, I started then. I was like, well, maybe there is, maybe there's an opportunity to grow it more, um, to do some th some things other than just have the meetup site. Uh, and so I started thinking about how to monetize it, and I thought about a lot of different things. You know, do you do you do an Amazon affiliate? Do you, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> And eventually landed on, uh, I read a lot of other uh, forum comments about groups that were trying to monetize their meetup groups. And the truth is, is it's it's pitiful. I mean, you don't, it, there's not a good monetization strategy there. Uh, you're not going to make, uh, you know, any kind of significant, you're not going to receive any kind of significant contributions into the into the group. The short thing is I, I worked, I've worked with a lot of nonprofits um, professionally. And the main thing is you just need to ask, you know. If you want, if you need help covering the cost, you just need to ask. You know, people in the group will come out of pocket and help you out. Um, and I think we're at a point now where the meetup fees are pretty much covered. We have enough donations coming in every you know, every year to cover the cost of the meetup group. Um, the t-shirts, get the t-shirts. Actually, I, I I invested in those 
to give an incentive for people to, to go ahead and make a contribution. Um, and those have mostly paid for themselves at this point as well. So, you know, it's, it's a break even kind of thing. That's what it's got to be. You know, that's how it works. And, you know, maybe um, as maybe as the group grows bigger, you know, gets bigger, it's possible that the bait donation base goes up to the point where we could do some stuff like have have a table at at the Heroes Con or something like that. Um, but we'd probably need to double in size before that, that actually happens. Speaking of size, what is the uh, what what's the average number of attendance per meetup, and, and what's the size of the group? Understanding that not probably not everybody in the group attends, but yeah, um, well, and that's well, there's something actually I, pr- I pride ourselves on, or pride the club on, is that so I think the the meetup group is around 300, 290 right now, or something like that. But we have um, I, I haven't looked at the stats lately, but I want to say about two hundred ninety, something like. Uh, I would just go say 40 to 50, maybe even 60. So what is that? Is that 20%? Somebody do some math for me. Yeah, 20, 20%. I want to say about 20% are, are, are called engaged or active. They have they have participated in one of the events in the last month. Okay? And it probably jumps to something like um, wow. 30 or 40% have participated in the last three months. And the reason I bring that up is that I think a lot of media groups have, like some of the, there are some of the other board game groups in town that have much larger um, member bases, but I don't think their their participation rate is nearly as high and is nearly as, as frequent. And so that's what one of the things I kind of pri- I take pride in is that not only do we have a, a, a good sized group that's growing, but it's people that are very active and very engaged in the group and they're coming back over and over again and participating. Um, so you know, I think a normal group maybe only gets five or ten percent participation, and we're getting at least twenty. So we're, we're doing double at least of what I think the other groups are doing. Um, and a part of that too is uh, is that some of the other groups, I hate to put it this way, they'll take anybody, right? They they play they play Jenga right. because they they don't make it clear that the group, the people that run the group, I I know from based on who they are, want to play strategy games, but because they haven't narrowed their target, they have 800 members, but you know they show up and play Taboo, and there's you know 10 of them playing circling right. around the table playing Taboo or something. So I think that I think that the the number everybody likes to have show like a big number membership base. I think the quality of the membership base is what you really should care about. Um, and I think we have an extremely high quality membership base because there's been an effort to target um, high quality members. And, and I think you've done, um, I, I know one of your original goals is to try to bring in new people in. And I think that's been pretty successful because it seems like, I don't know, maybe every other meetup, that I've gone to, somebody will walk in that's never been. Well, I can't say that. It's almost like every one. It seems like there's a new face there that I've I've never seen. And lots of times these people are just now tipping their toe, t- tipping their toe. I get whatever mixed matter for there. Um, just the first time engaging in in the in the hobby uh, board game hobby. And so I really think that's working. And I, I just want to mention that coming up soon we have this big international tabletop day that Geek and Sundry is sponsoring. And the club is running an event on that day, luckily at our normal venue, which happens to be available on that Saturday, which is the Saturday before Easter. And it really kind of worked out for us. And I I think we can hold 30 or 35 in that place. And we have like 28 signed up so far. And some of the names I saw signed up um, are people I haven't met. So it's really cool. I, I know we really want to get a presence out there for that because... A lot of people go out there and watch this Geek and Sundry channel, which has a lot of stuff besides board gaming and stuff. 
and they ran across this, what's this tabletop game day thing? And you go in and you search their zip code and lo and behold, boom, there's our club with an event. And I think we got uh, uh, some traffic from that. And I think that's good for, for participating in these huge events, which I think this is the first, you know, big game day type thing that this, anybody's ever done across the country or whatever. And it's cool to be a part of that. And I think, you know, involving and in doing things like that will help really grow the group and bring new people yeah. in. Well, and thank you, by the way, for to, for putting that all together, because actually that would have that probably would have flown right over my uh, over my head because I just I've kind of got my blinders on right now. Uh, this is a workload right. compression part of the year for me. Well, it's yeah. it's tax season for um, you, right? So, so yeah, no, I I, I I there's no doubt that it's going to give us additional attention. It's a great channel to be marketing through, and it will bring in new new people for it. Yep. So Alex, as you went through the the game club and it's grown and it's grown, what do you think is the top three games that are always played at, at the club? What do you see out most of the time? Uh, for our group, and this might be biased, number one, well, should I start from, should I go three from number three down to one? Oh, yeah, do a countdown from three to one. Three. What do you think? Actually, all right, we go, since I can't think of where the third one is, we go from one, I'll go one to three. Uh, the number one game played at almost every single event, and it's mostly because of my influence, I think. <laughs> Is oh I know what it is I know what it is go ahead it's for the resistance <laughs> yeah resistance yeah <laughs> uh, and that's because I just happen to real I, I just love social deduction games like that and so um, resistance gets played or or Avalon one of the other one version of the other um, gets played I, look I'm, and I'm not the spy I keep telling you people that but you never believe me if at least if I am present at the event it will it will very likely be the last game of the night that will be played it will be resistance that's that's almost a guarantee. Um, and actually, interesting enough, before now, when I started the club, I didn't know about the resistance. And before the resistance, actually, I don't know if you guys remember, I used to start almost every event with zero. That was like the yep. icebreaker game. I dare everybody ever play plays eight, up to eight people, so I used to play that all the time. That, that was not made it out uh, in, in at least a year and a half. But um, yeah, the resistance is definitely number one, at least from my view. That gets played just about every one. Um, the number two game I was going to suggest was going to be Agricola. I think is probably our number two. I feel like that one makes it out. Yeah, but that's that's because of one person. <laughs> no, we have we have two to three dedicated. I would say two to three dedicated. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I feel like that one gets out pretty often. Not not every you know not every night, but that or in every every event. But that one's that one's up there. What do you guys? What, what's your take? <laughs> I, I totally I, agree with resistance. Go ahead, Tony. Uh, no, uh, and I was going to say that from my my standpoint, it seems like when I've been there that I've seen um, a, a type, there's always, for number three, there's always Agricola, but there's another worker placement type game that seems to come out. And we can always count on Todd bringing something yes. new. I, I don't know I don't know what it is, but he's great. What did he bring he will last bring, time? He will, he will, not Mice? something new. He'll bring something else. He'll bring something, a Kickstarter game every event. <laughs> oh, we just lost you. Yes, we just lost Alex. We're sorry, folks. We're having some technical difficulties. We'll get him back on the line, and we'll be right back. Sorry for the delay. We now have Alex back online, just in time to be able to close out this segment. Tony, 
Well, Alex, we appreciate you taking time out tonight to uh, talk to us about gaming clubs and your experiences and sharing your thoughts and ideas with our listeners on how to start their own. Do you have any final comments or any uh, final thoughts to help people out? I would just suggest that, um, you know, I've found it to be a very worthwhile experience. I mean, I'm really glad that I, I gave it a shot. Um, in this case, it's been, I think, very successful. And um, I just, I'm just excited to see, you know, how it continues to grow over the next couple of years. Just looking at only being two years into it, there's already been so much that's happened with it. And you know, so I can't imagine what it's going to be like in the next five and 10 years. Um, so I definitely would encourage, you know, anybody who's, especially if you're in an area where you don't have a very, developed or strong gaming community uh you know yeah what you know what's it what's it hurt to try you know give it a shot and uh you know you know see what see what comes you know comes of it well um like tony said we do uh like tony always says appreciate we appreciate you taking the time of your busy schedule during this tax season for an accountant to, to come on with this and it's been really interesting and i personally would just like to thank you for setting this club up because to be honest with you um, I have made so many new friends and met so many people and have had such a great gaming experience over the past couple of years just because of this club, just because you provided a pay, place for people to meet and stuff. I, I can't even count how many new friends and stuff that I've made. And it is so cool to go out anywhere, whether it be a, a game store or lo, at a local con and, and run into people that you know. I mean, at the, the convention down in Columbia this past January at Scarab, so I took my family down there. I walk in and I see like four or five people from the Queen City Game Club there. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, wow, hey, cool. And you got somebody that you can immediately hang out with and talk to. So you've really done a good service for the gaming community. And, and I, for one, just want to thank you for doing that. Because if you hadn't have done it, I would still just be only playing with Tony. We'd be going, does anybody else not play these games? Well, I, thank you. I, I appreciate that. That's a, that's a very nice compliment. And I mean, I, I feel the same way. I mean, it's. It's uh, I'm, I'm very glad that we have this, that we have this, I mean, it's the number of friendships that I've made through it as well is, you know, it's just tremendous. So yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. Larry. Oh, let's have a bro hug. Tony, let's do it. Uh, uh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> you, you know, I, I miss, um, what is it? How I met your mother, that TV show. I, I don't, I'm the bro code and all that stuff. You're going to have to teach me all that stuff, man. But all I, all I got, I mean, I got a ton of information out of this. It was great. And the biggest takeaway I got is I got to laminate 30 badges. Cause you said a bunch of new people are showing up. That's what I'm hearing. Cause That's I'm right. not, <clears throat> I'm not going to be at the, unfortunately I have to, I'm down in Atlanta at um, a volleyball match and I'm not going to be able to make it. So, uh, I hate it. I hope to see some pictures out there on the meetup. And once again, Alex, we really do appreciate you taking the time tonight. Great. Thanks for having me. And we'll definitely have you back on, buddy. Well, that concludes episode eight, and we're trying to work our way through the outro here. Um, first off, I hope you all found this very informative and it inspired you to go out and create your own gaming club. Or if you're in the Charlotte area, we'd love to see you at our game club, the Queen City Game Club. You can find us at meetup.com strategist, or you can follow us on Twitter at QC underscore game club. Also, you can go out there and like us or join us on facebook.com slash QC game club. Did I get the Facebook right there, Marty? I think you nailed them all right about there. During nice time, job. About during time. 
<laughs> yeah, and for us, obviously, you can follow us at Dyson Names or go to our website at RollDiceTakeNames.com. Uh, there's our links out there for our feeds and iTunes and all that good stuff. And um, you guys can follow uh, follow us. And, and if you want, please, we're trying to get over 100 Twitter followers here. So, you know, come out. We'll, we'll feed you some oh, good information. always. We right, give Tommy? out some I good. Mean, hey, I will say this. If you haven't caught on to our little short segments, the five-minute initiative, um, go mm-hmm. ahead. And, I mean, it's a great topic. We had a lot of feedback, a lot of comments were given to us about, you know, the use of deck protectors and uh, for their cards. And people were kind of just like we were floored that, hey, you mean people aren't protecting their game? Give that one. Definitely listen. want to give our own little shout out there, Marty. Yeah, there you go. And if anybody has any ideas for any five minute initiatives, please let us know. There's one of those things we just kind of, we get, uh, Get a, get an idea, and we just sit down and knock them out real quick. So if anybody has any ideas for that, that'd be great. And uh, lastly, you know what? We need a real, we need a catchphrase when we sign off. So you know, if if Tony, if me, you and I can't come up with one, maybe somebody can come up with one for us because I'm I'm always at a loss at how to to log off on the show. So maybe that's something we can brainstorm on, and somebody else can. Well, you know that suggestion box you put out there on the blog. Well, I think it's still empty. Maybe somebody will send us in one. Who knows? Uh, which means we'll probably have to come up with one or on our own. So basically, until next time, thanks for listening. Three, two, I'm getting pissed. One.